Good evening, afternoon, morning, whatever applies to you, and welcome to EuroLeague. Uh, we have a short and sweet one for you today. We're obviously previewing the three playoff matches this weekend. And today, me and my lovely magician's assistant, Mr. Kira, are joined by... You know, actually, some viewers might think that's a bit condescending, but when you really think about it, the magician's assistant is actually like the hard carry, isn't he? Like, that's the guy that fucking has to contort in the little box so he doesn't get sawed in half or disappear through a trapdoor and appear like at the other end of the fucking studio or whatever. So Also tends to be good looking, you know? Yeah, yeah, exactly, exactly. So, uh, yeah, I mean, what what does the magician do? He just ponces around the stage with a fake buzzsaw or something. So, yeah. Uh, anyway, we are joined by the recently honoured, and you probably don't know this, Xerxes, you probably don't watch Side Slap, the recently honoured unsung hero of the split which, uh, you know, if you don't know what I'm talking about, trust me, that's like, it's a, it's a big deal. It's like, you know, so the Side Select Award Show is basically the Cannes Film Festival at this point, right? It's like, it's not as mainstream or as popular as the Oscars, but that's the real shit, okay? So, yeah. Anyway, I digress. As is tradition, obviously, before we get started, I have to hit you guys with my patented Would You Rather. And this week, I'll start with you, Kira. Would you rather, sorry for people at home who can't see what I can see, there is a fucking massive spider and it is literally just moving in the worst possible way. It's still ways. there? It's still, it's oh. so big. I'm going to take a picture later. Anyway, sorry. Um, yeah. Would you rather, Kira, always be slightly chilly or be uncomfortably warm? Oh. I'm from Scotland, bro. Slightly chilly. That's, Slightly that's the natural. Chilly. That is the natural state. Like of all at all times, so nothing would change. Okay, interesting. Interesting. What about you, Xerxes? Always slightly chilly or always uncomfortably warm? I would say always slightly chilly because, like, the past few days. I mean, Denmark and this is supposed to be like pretty cold here, but honestly, I've been like burning, and I have my fan like turned on twenty four seven. I can't even sleep without it at this point. And it's it's getting real bad. So please, just just some some coldness. See, the thing is, I don't think you thought it through, right, Taxi? Because obviously, as a pro gamer, if your hands are a bit cold, aren't you just fucked? Like, aren't you just? Nah, I mean that that's just just an excuse. Like, yeah. cold, like cold hands, warm hands. Like, just let me grab the mouse, and I'm just gonna play. Oh, okay, okay, okay. Uh-huh. Right. Well, anyway, moving swiftly on. Actually, not moving swiftly on. Let's look back first, just sort of briefly, and looking back at that Super Week that just went past. Obviously, we all know what happened. I don't um, want to think about it. It's in the past for me. Uh, oh. we're, well, we're gonna we're gonna scratch at that recent wound. We're gonna uh, no no iodine for you yet, Xerxes. So my question simply is: like going into that week, obviously it was set up really nicely. Like three teams could get in or not get in or whatever. Like, were you guys confident? Like, did you guys think that you were going to qualify for playoffs at that point? Like, how how was the mood in the camp, as it were? Mm, I mean, I, I think everyone should have had uh, their confidence high. Uh, I know for myself, I've had my confidence up like the the whole season, uh, like ever since we started the bootcamp, because I actually felt like in the the beginning of the split we were pretty far ahead of the other teams, um, and I, I think we just like dropped the ball as the season went through, and we kind of lost our uh, advantage. Um, but going to last week, I think everyone was confident, and I really thought we could make it. Mm. Kira, where do you feel like Astralis fell? just short like what what do you think was the difference between oh my god it just fell on the floor from like 100 feet sorry go on. Fuck, uh, just... yeah, sorry go on i actually think like you know like meaningly i predicted astralis to like make it into playoffs because fanatic had what fucking dog shit and xl had betrayed me but uh i feel like all basically all three games went as Kind of went bad as bad poorly for uh, Astralis as the kind of kind of went off. They um try to think who it was. The Fnatic game was just tragic. That one was. I feel like that one should have just that well, that one should have been a win. And with the way like Super Week works and mentalities work, um, if they had gotten that win, I feel like that would have maybe affected the outcomes of possibly the other games. Mm-hmm. But in the general sense, I actually do think the overall higher qualities of teams did make it, barring m- maybe Fnatic. But Fnatic have got a much better upside compared to Astralis, where Astra- Astralis has some like key uh, weaknesses 
that have been quite consistent throughout the strength without the split, but they have some like really like impressive strengths. When I look at their roster and I look at the players that they have, and when I watch like some of their games, I'm actually very very impressed that they execute like to quite a high level, sometimes higher level um, than teams that are in playoffs. Like for example, just to pick a game out of my head, the Astralis Rogue game. Might might be one of the the second half one. Maybe one of the best games of the entire split from a team in the LEC like played from start to finish. Astralis from like minute three or like minute two is really early. Get on top of Rogue and they are unrelentless. They dominate them and they com- just completely wipe the floor with Rogue with very little to almost like no mistakes. They pressure their advantages. The people that have leads. Move them. Xerxes and Dejor, um I don't know like what it's like for yourselves, but like they're junk like in that particular game, how you were playing for each other and using your advantages was one of the best examples of how a jungle two v two can not just around the mid lane but can go into jungle quadrants and assert advantages. And it was one of the best examples outside of like Niske and Aloya. So as I'm it's not that the team was bad, but they're just just general weaknesses sometimes let them down, dragon setups, team fighting weakness, it's a general weakness for Europe, I still pick Astralis as one of the weaker ones. I, I, I'm actually sad, like, and for example, that in NA, we have to watch eight teams mm. all the way down make it, and you have to make regular split matter, but out of all the teams that didn't make it, I would have actually liked to have seen Astralis play a bit more, because I actually do find them quite an interesting team. Mm-hmm. Just to, to add to that, I mean, I, I think people forget that this roster, like, we we changed like changed the players at the beginning of the split, whereas like most other teams maybe changed like one like most teams I think changed like one player. Yeah. I like I I don't know who changed like two. I I feel like there is a team that changed two players, you know, but we we had to change like three players. Uh, so we like we had a lot to to catch up compared to the other teams, and we had to learn like some we had to do some mistakes, like on stage in order to learn. But the problem is that. Most of these teams already did a mistake in 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 spring, right? So like the 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 stupid mistakes that we did in summer and costed us like plenty of games actually. Because I I I can like think of already like two three games that I really think we should have won. Um, and you know like with those win, maybe we would we would have been already in playoffs. Um, but I think that like like we just like threw so many games of mistakes that need to happen for a team in order to to take it to the next level. But the problem is that it was like we we couldn't afford to do that in summer. No, that that makes sense. I mean, Astralis was easily the most improved team. Along, obviously, Mad Lions would be the the best example. But yeah, from from spring to to summer, obviously, you guys took a massive step. But as you say, if you you basically have to get off the ground running because yeah, three new players and and you can't just spend all the all the split making mistakes. Um, one thing I want to ask. Question: yeah. like, What's your support players English like? Is it non-existent? Uh, in the beginning, no, it was it was non-existent. But um, as the as the season went through, like he he was like studying English uh, back home, and we got him uh, an English teacher as well. So by the end of the split, he he improved a lot, and it was way easier to communicate uh, with him towards okay. the end. Fair enough. Well, obviously, uh, you know, you yourself, as you said, were new to Astralis this split. And I always ask players who just joined Astralis this question, which is what was it like sort of traveling back and forth between Copenhagen and Berlin? Was it was it really annoying or is it, you know, not so bad? Because, again, for fans that don't know, unless this changed very recently, which I don't think mm-hmm. it did, Astralis <laughs> have basically never had housing facilities in Berlin. They literally fly back and forth every week for uh LEC, obviously, apart from that week, probably where you were all sick. So yeah, how, how was that? Well, I would say the the only positive that I can think of it is that it kind of forces the 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 team to be together for like a longer duration of time, and it kind of forces everyone to, you know, like communicate with each other, be funny, just share some moments, some story, you know. So like in a way, it's like some some sort of like team building because you get to know each other and that stuff. So. That that's like the only positive I can think of, but the amount of like negative things that I can list, like <laughs> mama mia, like I will say this, but we like the flights have been delayed, maybe like there are like what eight weeks, and we yeah. fly it like twice a week, right? So sixteen flights. I think like 
15 of those flights have been delayed. One of them has been canceled. We've waited from like 7, 7 p.m. till 12 in the night, only to be told that the flight is canceled, you know? Uh, so we've def- like it's definitely not easy. Uh, it's very... It's just very stressful because you also waste a lot of hours that you could be, you know, like you could also be spending that, that time for yourself, do something, you know, productive for yourself, or just play solo queue, watch some voice. Like you could be literally doing anything instead. You are just waiting in an airport. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, I mean, the the bonding part is like the the only thing in my head that kept me going. You know, like it's good for the team bonding. It's good for the team bonding. <laughs> uh, but no, it's definitely it's definitely not something easy. My uh, top tip for anyone who finds themselves on Astralis next season, if they're still in the league, is get yourself, and no, this is not sponsored, get yourself a Steam Deck. Those things are fucking insane. Like, oh, they're good. So good, yeah. Oh, Amazing. really? I'm, I'm, gonna, I'm about to buy mine today because it runs out then. If it's actually good. Yeah, they're so fucking good. The only thing I yeah, would say good. is don't expect to be able to play like all of the newest games on good settings or something because it, it won't do that. But I mean, mm. I have a, I'm one of these people who every time there's a Steam sale... I buy like 10 games that are like all two pounds or whatever. And I think, yeah, I'll probably play them at some point. Obviously never do. So I've got a library of literally 300 games I've never played basically. But the Steam Deck, whenever I'm traveling or whatever, I just run through those fucking games that I've never played because that is the only time you'd ever play them. So yeah, no, it, it, it's a banger. I'm not going to lie. Um, uh, I would definitely look into it. Yeah. And the last thing on this before we sort of preview the games, which, which I wanted to ask you, is obviously to Astralis from NA what in a quick sort of summary like what was your na experience like compared to to eu not necessarily like oh the team was bad or whatever but like in terms of being in in america what what was that like how did you find it mm-hmm. i mean last year it wasn't so bad uh i think it was mostly because i was uh with uh, gil Hoto as well so it felt um way more comfortable like getting adjusted to to everything and in in this spring um we changed like the coaching stuff, which I I would say I wasn't too too happy with. And um, I mean, without I, I I don't want to like shit talk them too much, but like in a way, I kind of like erased the all the memories from this spring split because I, I I thought like it was so bad. But like now, like like trying to look back, I'm like thinking the game that I was playing and we were playing in NA felt so so different. Um, uh, and I, I don't know, like, as soon as I got back to, to, to you, I felt like I was more confident. I mean, I guess th- there is also, like, the pressure of being an import in, in an A that you always have to perform, right? And especially when you're on a lower-tier team, it can really get to you. Uh, like, no matter how hard you try, you know, like, you always you are either you either have to be 1v9 or you're dog shit. Um, so that, that was not... Um, I think that was, like, something subconsciously still, like, affecting me. Uh, but getting back to you and I don't feeling like getting like the rookie feeling that I need to play good. I need to show to the people that I'm not this washed up player from NA, you know, I still, I still got it in me and, um, I really hope I, I did that. What's it, what's I think is kind of interesting is I think there's very few examples actually of players who have gone to NA and then come back and been better like than they were in NA. Like people can talk to players who obviously, you know, weren't washed, like, I think it would be unfair to say, you know, Perks is washed, but, you know, despite what Thorin says, I would not agree that he's been like this perpetual MVP candidate since, you know, I think he's been decent. And like Alfari, he's had certainly games and periods where he's been very good at the things he has been very good at his whole career, but he's definitely not been the de facto number one top laner that he was when he was first in EU, for example, that I would say for periods of time. So I think it is actually quite rare that you have someone go to EU and come uh, to NA and come back and it's like, oh, they're actually playing better than they were in NA. I guess Feberman maybe a, a little bit. Like he was actually. You managed it, Xerxes. You're the first. Yeah. You're, you're the first. No, no, my no, but, no but, but honestly, I don't think this has anything to do with like going to NA or like like all that shit. I really think like this all depends on like the the person you know and the, the like personality. Because like for me, like I got back to to you in Astralis, right? Who was on, like, like who was a team that wasn't seen too great, right? So I, I had like two options. I had like you know peace chill and you know my maybe my career is done at the end of the year and then i just i don't know, go work in mcdonald's or i give everything that i've got you know to show like like use all the power that's left inside me that you know i need this fucking split to go well i need to do well 
so I can still play because I really, I absolutely love playing the game. So I really think it, it comes down to like how much you enjoy playing competitively and how much you enjoy playing the game. And to me, like these are the two things that I really care about and I wanted to, to keep doing them. Yeah, no, I mean, I, I agree completely, by the way. I think there's two massive things that are complete lies and memes, which is one, that age is relevant. That, that one, that one I wanted to touch as well. Yeah. I, think, I think age is completely irrelevant, but I think it's linked to the same thing as like this NA thing, which is, to me, it's all about like motivation and how satisfied and driven you are. Like when people say like, oh, how old is this player? Oh, 23. Mm, yeah, maybe we go for the 19. Dude, 23 is so fucking young. Like what, you think this guy's peaked? It's all about how basically it's the best way to summarize it is how good is the player at managing drive and burnout if the player is really good throughout their career of managing burnout then the fact that he's 27 instead of 19 is completely fucking irrelevant completely irrelevant you only have to look at people like yankos uh oddo people who've been in the get soas right like obviously so not playing now but you can play for as long as you fucking want within reason as long as you can manage burnout and you know find ways to motivate and drive yourself so i think that that is a complete meme and to your point about na i think a lot of it is like mentally players in their head when they go over to na they're kind of like this is my last contract or like one of my last contracts and i'm kind of like getting the big paycheck and it's winding down and it's hard for them maybe to reverse that mindset for some people to come back to like actually no i i maybe didn't have the best player i need to prove myself if i want to keep going so yeah, that's definitely more of it than a player being washed. Like, I have no doubt that half these players that, like, fell off a cliff after they went to NA, if you put someone else's, like, drive and, and ability to manage burnout in their head, they, they could still do it at the top. They just don't for whatever reason. Um, but anyway, cool. Let's move on to the playoffs. Um, obviously, do, 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 the first game... Uh, is Rogue versus Mad. Now, one of the many good things, of course, about having Xerxes on, it's because his team doesn't actually play in playoffs. He doesn't have to safeguard all his takes. So let's I start with this. What I want. Let's, <laughs> let's start with this series. Uh, actually, before I get the thoughts on the specific matchup, obviously these two teams um, have probably two of like the most talked about junglers in LEC. Obviously, El Yoya, who's like an MVP candidate at least an MVP level split for sure, according to most people. And then you've got Maorang on the other side, who's, you know, maybe had a bit of a down split, well, at least compared to spring regular season, right? Like he's not been as effective, let's say. What what do you think of these two junglers, Xerxy? Like, do you think Mad has a heavy jungle advantage in this matchup? How, how do you see it? Mm, I mean, the way I see it is that Elioa is like, I always, like, throughout this split, I feel like he's a very complete jungler. Like he rarely does mistakes and he knows where to be. And I, I don't know, it's just like very, there, there is so little you can do against him because he's not, he's not going to give you many windows or opportunities uh, to uh, to fuck him over. Whereas with Marang, I feel like I was watching him a lot when I was in NA in, in spring and, and I, I thought this guy is like really insane. And I, I think like the ever since the, the, the durability change came, I, I, I feel like that has like really affected him as a player because he was like a heavy heavy ganker and he knew like how to play properly around his lanes and he still does that you know but like i think that player like really uh screwed him and even this bit i i think he's had like really crazy like really you know really fucking good games but e like equally bad games yeah um so i think he's like been very inconsistent with it I mean, there are there there is also like the the bills like I don't know like what's going on with like those bills like you know I there are so many games where I'm like wondering you know like what is actually going on what is he building <laughs> and uh, I think there was also like the the pink uh, like him buying like two k worth of pinks um, on the uh, Lisan oh, was it Lisan I can't remember yeah. no nah, I, I think it was like the Pantheon game oh right okay sorry 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 I was thinking uh, something else. But no, like it's very hard because like I think he's like really good, and he also has like his moments where like I think he's like pretty bad. Yeah, uh, someone someone said to me that uh, yeah, he just never like learned what the icons looked like. He just knows what the names are, but because they're all in English now, that he just doesn't know what he's <laughs> buying. But, uh, <laughs> obviously, it was memeing. Yeah, no, I don't. I don't think it was Lisa. Yeah, I think it was a, the Pantheon game, right? Oh, right it was because. Yeah. I mean, with Lee Sin, you could at least justify it a little bit more because of ward hopping. But uh, yeah. yeah, I mean, Kira, what, what do you think of this this matchup in general? Like, where where do you feel the edges are? I assume you give Al Yoya the edge in the jungle, but where where do you think this one's won and lost? 
Oh, it's an absolute nightmare matchup for Malrang. Um, the only like uh, positive is based on like historical form. Larson can pin Niski to lane. He has the ability to pin Niski to lane, and he can make the burden of like resources that Niski has to give up to follow Aloya for his style to work very very high. The problem is, is that Aloya can identify. Now, with Mad's improvement throughout the split, can identify not just like Nesky's ability to move, but he's also got the bot lane and uh, the top lane's ability to move. Well, Malrang's laners don't really play for Malrang in that way because Malrang's style is to gank lanes, like Xerxes said. But I, I, I disagree in a, a small sense of what Xerxes said. Is that, uh, I think Malrang has a, a great ability to gank lanes. I do just think he really badly identifies the lanes he should be ganking and he should be covering for. Like, um, the matchups that he, like, attempts to have, like, an effect on. For example, like, um, there's, like, I can't, I couldn't list them off the top of my head, but, like, Malrime will, like, gank bottom and get all four summoners. And you're just like, that's amazing. That is a great play. You've blown all four summoners. And then he'll, like, gank topside, like, three times, yeah. but not blow the summoners like ever and then by the time it comes back bot lane like on like a wave crash from comp or something the summoners are back up and it's just like for for someone that's so aggressive and for somebody that like you know what i mean like uh likes to play like these high temp like high tempo cursed word like junglers I, I just don't understand how he consistently keeps on making the mistake and also malrang larson are like they're terrible at like specifically playing around like mid lane and playing around like Mar- Larson's pressure, Larson hasn't had as good a split this season, and he's lost a lot of mid lane la- matchups that in the past I feel like he would like win, or like he'd, on champions I feel like he would be better on. I feel like actual Larson like picks up new champions very slowly. For example, yeah. in my head, Talia sounds amazing on Larson. Yeah. Like it sounds like an amazing champion for Larson to play. The big problem is is Larson seems to really struggle fundamentally on the pack. The pick actually evolves entirely around like pressure and moving and attacking sides. Something that lo- uh, Rogue has historically been terrible at yeah. forever. Every iteration of Rogue has been bad at this. And it's one of their massive holistic problems that they cannot move advantages from one lane to another with um with like uh, timing advantages that you have from being like so far ahead from your lane in. But don't you think part of that is that Larson's always been so lane centric and he has struggled when he's gone to like gank top? Like maybe that's why he doesn't sort of vibe with the Talia yeah, pick. That, yeah, exactly. That's that, that's what I'm saying. So I, there is a, a there is a big pool of like champions that like Larson can go to in the in the in the mid lane. But the the a lot of the picks mid right now are just so survivable. The jungle, I think the the jungle picks right now massively favour Aloya. I think this is a really, 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 just in terms of like the, the the jungle, this is a really, 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 really hard matchup for Rogue. And I think Mad Lions, if they have the prep, if and, and they understand that they prepare their jungle matchups, they can blow Rogue wide open, pretty consistently, game to game to game. Uh, Xerxes, on the on the jungle thing, because obviously um, we're talking about sort of Maorang and choosing which lanes he ganks or whatever. When you guys are like in draft, in your experience, not just on Astralis, but maybe also in past teams, how much of the game, like once the draft is laid out, because obviously the coach gets like a minute to talk to you guys before you, you go in, how much is the coach saying like, okay, these are basically your lane assignments, like I want you to gank or whatever like or how much is that left up to you like how much does the coach actually game plan for you on stage in terms of which lanes to focus on once the draft happens obviously before game when you guys are planning you have a general idea of how you want to play against the team but once that draft happens how much is on you and how much is told to you by the coach i mean usually what happens during that one minute with the the coach on stage is that he will uh give us like some uh he will give us like some ideas on how we want to play this early game and then he suggests me like you know how like what which lanes we should be playing around but uh he would also like give us reminders like because i i do feel like people on stage like forget stuff so easily because like they're like so so stressed that even like i could say a sentence like in in, in game you know like hey he's about to gank you both in like 10 seconds and then and and then like my my lane like 
like players would hear it, you know, but like they wouldn't be able to process it. So like people easily forget stuff on stage. So the the coach like sometimes give us um, reminders, you know, like how this team wants to play, how their jungler pets uh, in the early game. Uh, so like sometimes it's just like a lot of small reminders and some ideas on how we should be playing our own game. Yeah. So who are you taking in this one, Xerxy? Where who do you who do you think's winning this one? Give me a score prediction. Uh, I mean, thing is like. If I feel like Rogue heavily depends on 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 Marang, and if he can get like some uh, like I feel like this team like lives and dies by by him getting being able to get uh, leads in the early game, and thing is I do not know which Marang is gonna show up, you know. Uh, but if I was to go for like the safe option, I would I would pick Mad. Give me a score. Mm, probably three one. Okay, okay, okay. Kira, what what are you thinking for this one? I get the sense that you favour Mad as well. I hate I hate predicting games like before like drafts because I can't see like what like the like I, I, based on like strength because two weeks are a long time. Based on the holistic strengths of the team, how they match up, I would agree with Zerxy. Three one, maybe Rogue can push it to like three two because Mad's general like team fighting weakness. However, like yeah, the the ADC meta right now. Is it played on twelve point fifteen or twelve point sixteen? By the way, uh, oh, yeah, I think fifteen. No. No? But I'm not one hundred percent sure. Well, right, okay. I mean, sixteen just came out like yesterday, so, so they, yeah. they, they, they played this yeah. week. They played this week, so it has to be fifteen. Yeah, it has to be fifteen. Thank you, versus. Um, yeah, the the ADC met the ADC. Even though I think generally, uh, bot lane from Rogue is like better. Uh, and that that is actually probably the most consistent way to replicate wins for a rogue is playing like mid to bot, playing around dragons, uh, like scaling up through that. the The problem is that I actually think the pool right now favors Unforgiven massively, regardless of how you, like the the hero pool favors Unforgiven massively. I think Comp's the better ADC, but I don't I don't think Comp really plays Draven, does it? He doesn't play anywhere near as well as Unforgiven. He does play Draven. No, I'm pretty sure. Like, wait, does it? But like, Rogue doesn't have any, like anywhere near the level of priority for Comp to on Draven as they. What wasn't he like a Draven player at some point? Oh, it might, might be a Draven one trick, and I'm talking about the backside. But like, I'm, I'm, when I'm thinking of the games in the split, Mad Lion look way better at using Draven than Rogue do. <laughs> And enabling Dragon. And that's like a big massive problem because if when you go to trade the picks and the pick and ban, lots of teams are doing like uh Sever with like Sever Yumi, Yumi's like permaband in EU, or you do like Zeri Enchanter, um and then if you don't have like Callista band, you have like Draven on, with a kill condition mid lane bot lane. But when I think of the bot lanes, I think Mad Lion's bot lane is so much better at piloting the Draven than like Rogues, Rogues is and that's like really really scary for me because I actually think Comp's a better ADC and I think Comp when he's on like things like Sever can really really hard carry team fights and even from big goal deficits like 4k 5k this champion is really absurd but I don't know if they, they can do it if they're consistently um getting like dr the, the Draven lanes and then when you think about how many ADCs you're like banning and how you're like trading for ADCs and the and the pick and ban with the enchanter pool I think it gets really, really dicey. That's my only, like, my only concern. Like, like Rogue's way to win the game is through bot, and the bot lane matchup, champion pool wise, doesn't seem too great. I can tell you that he's not played a single Draven game in summer or spring. So I there we go. Know. Um, but anyway, the result, at least in terms of worlds, might end up not mattering because I believe the winner of this next matchup if it's G2 at least, will send both teams to Worlds. I think that's still correct, right? I think Rogue and Mad both auto-qualify for Worlds if G2 beat Misfits. So, really? right, moving on to that Saturday, uh, <laughs> and what is probably, I would say, in a lot of people's minds, the most one-sided series, at least on paper, uh, G2 versus Misfits. Obviously, G2 ramping up during the latter stage of the regular season. Uh, as I mentioned last time, they beat every single other playoff team in the second half of the split. Obviously, only BO1s, but and of course, you know, Misfits also surge at the same time, but it does feel like one of these is maybe not quite like the other. And obviously, to many people's annoyance, including mine, Misfits did lose that game, which put Fnatic in the playoffs. So there we go. But yeah, I'll start with uh, you, Zerxe, on this. Like, do you, do you see anything other than a, a, a G2 win here? Like, how, how could Misfits uh, upset here? 
I mean, I don't know. It's like always hard to like. I feel like it's it would be kind of like silly to predict against you too, because like this team, like no matter how like if they're like if people think they're bad, I think they will always do good in in playoffs. Like it's just like the, those players, you know, like you, you have Yankos, you have Cavs, like those, those players, like in playoffs, like they just become different beasts. Uh, so I'm definitely not gonna bet. Uh, like I'm not gonna bet against them. Uh, I mean, Misfits to me has been like a surprise this this split because I mean after the like really shit start, like they managed to like really pull pull it back. And I guess the Zanzara move, you know, like I don't know what magic the man is doing there, but I guess it it really worked, you know. Um, but I mean, I don't have high hopes for Misfits. I think I'll just uh, I think it's just gonna be a maybe at worst three one for G G two again. Okay, before I throw it to you, Kira, let me just do some really quick, like, heavy copium MMA-style maths here, right? So if you okay. actually think about it, okay, if you actually break it down, and this is the most generous possible interpretation, mid lane, okay, both two MVP candidates, <clears throat> yes, Caps is better than uh, BTO, both two MVP candidates, that's what's important, arguably, Misfits have the better bot lane? arguably because targamas i would say is probably the oh, best yeah. best support this split but mercer as you pointed out before kira has like been he's had a massive upgrade in his own level of skill right so maybe the golf there's not like astronomical especially if he gets yumi or whatever and then in ad carry i would say that neon is a way better ad carry than flax so overall in that matchup i would actually give misfits the edge in bot lane and then in top lane even though, you know, Broken Blade's still for sure one of the better tops in the league. I think Irrelevant's been pretty, pretty damn good since he came in. Like, certainly, you know, perfectly decent. So I don't think it's like a big golf there in top where it's like, oh, Broken Blade's going to bury this kid every game. And then <laughs> uh, Jungle's a bit of a bit of a yikes, maybe, of a matchup. But the point is, there's only one role where you can say, like, okay, G2 has a massive discrepancy in theory, especially in experience as well, regardless of, like, skill level gap. So that's my copium. That's why I'm saying a five-game series. But what what do you think, Kira, about this one? Uh, so I'll do my take. So we go to top lane. Irrelevant can play tanks from Misfits really well, but if that guy's on carries, unless Heva and his coaching staff become miracle workers and they're the first EU team to fully work it out. If you're on carries, they're fucked because they don't know how to play around top lane and they don't know how to play around carry picks. And supposedly Irrelevant can play carry picks. The, the gods above have told me this wisdom. I've still to see evidence of it. So, I don't know. The only team that can really play around top lane like well on carry picks is G2 because Broken Blade does on it and that was mostly in the second half of the split. And I think... If you opt into carry matchups against BB, G2 is better at it, and they'll most likely just lose every single game through that principle. They have to have irrelevant on these like tank picks. Problem is, is when the irrelevance on these tank picks, you have access to the Trundle. Do you want to self-ban Trundle? Even if you don't self-ban Trundle, caps the Silas player. Silas has access to Trundle Alt, which is a better version of it because it's AP scaling. And it's just this fucking loop of... That's what I said to Heave on that show. It's this endless cycle of what to do on Misfits. I genuinely do not know what this team's supposed to do. I genuinely think it's <laughs> draft scaling and pray. Just fucking pray. You pray that... Vito and Neon can get the team fights that that they need because I think this this is this is one of the hardest and biggest like mismatches in terms of like team to team we can imagine because yes the bot lane for misfits is better uh, than uh G2s, but they have never been like a 2v2 execution bot lane, executing around bot prowl for early drakes. They have never been that type of bot lane. They are a bot lane that outside of lane have become better and like neon individually his team fighting strengths and his mechanics are very very strong the pro and, and mercer as well has gotten a lot better but they're still like a categorical weakness and when you have target mass and flat if they split equally with a bot lane that's like the dream scenario for g2 if they like and like misfits they don't like shake hands bot lane but they just don't don't execute matchups as optimally as like the could off, which is like fine, they're a relatively new bot lane. The problem is, is here is what we're trying to do is figure out a way that Misfits beats G2. And I unless there's they've found an angle that like you know the bot lane like gets a lot better, they play the matchups a lot better. There's so many safe bot lanes for Targmas and Flak now to play. 
It's like, how many ADCs do you want to ban to make flat bad? Then you're also self-banning them from Neon. So we're now into ADC bans, top lane carry bans, top lane tank bans, and jung one jungle ban for Zanzara that he wants to play. Because once you have Zanzara off of Bundle and Poppy, we're, we're getting into scary territory because I don't want to see him on Vi. This pick is absolute bait if you do not have Yumi and Yumi's permabanned in, in this region. And if Yumi's going through and Misfits are getting it, I can say yes, like G2 are trolling. But I have to trust that Dylan uh, Falco actually engages his brain um, and does remember to just keep it banned the whole series or like pick it. It's not a great pick for Targamath. I prefer to see him on other things. But the pick is just so absurdly broken that like you might as well use it. Like, people have this idea in their head that Yumi is like a weak laning support. That's not the case anymore. You disattach from the ADC, you trade your entire health pool, you have two combat summoners, and then when you're on like 120 health, you're attached to your ADC, and then that's it. And the other people are just sitting on half health each. It's, it's hellish. It's absolutely horrible to play against. I really do not know where Misfits is supposed to go in the draft. And Caps plays most laning matchups into video well. Yeah, that there. Yeah, that's it's the, horrible. The thing is, you're kind of hoping for a scenario like for Misfits to get a game, as you say. Obviously, Misfits will never ban Yumi because G2 don't play it, and obviously, it's a pocket pick basically at this point for Mercer, right? So you have to not ban the Yumi, hope that it goes through, and then I feel like, as you say, Kira, I feel like you just go full. The Misfits' best chance of winning is full easy execute comp. So a relevant plays tanks. That's a given. You need. Sanzara on an engage jungler that's easy to play that's not named Vi because he might be the worst Vi player of all time but there must be options there like there's got to be and then we go neon super duper uh, scaling team fight god with a Yumi on him and VTO can play whatever fucking late game assassin pick shit that he wants and that has to be the win condition no like you just but G2 have to even if you, draft to, for that to happen. Even if you split the ADC pool, so you go for the, the, the better team fighting ADCs of the two, if you go for, like, Sever, uh, and you, you know what I mean, you split it. So you get Sever plus, like, fucking Lulu or wh whatever, right? The the, uh, the problem on the other side is you're going to have uh, fucking Flat, just plays, like, Zeri. And you know what I mean? Like, yeah. Like, yeah. you, you push men all day, but it's not like you're going to be killing the this, Zeri this all that consistently. You can run her down, but I don't know. It seems hard. It you, seems You so know hard. what? The, the biggest brain play, in my opinion, actually, for this matchup would have been in the two weeks between the end of regular season and when they play is to force Zanzara to actually get good at playing Vi. Like, that should be... Vi is like... the I, I used to be a Vi one trick, right? That champion is so fucking easy to play, it's insane. Like, it has to be super easy for someone, like a pro-level play, player, to play that champion. That is like the champion you put a bad jungler on if you're like, ah, fuck it, just play Vi, just press R, whatever. Like, I'd just be getting... Every scrim, I'd be playing that fucking champion. And G2, you're hoping G2, like, don't even bother banning it because they saw that monstrosity when they played Fnatic and what that Vi looked like. So maybe it just gets open. I think Misfits have to go full easy to play comp tanks in top vi jungle never ban yumi and hope you get it a couple of games and then neon and and vto are the more flexible in terms of like the the carry picks that they can both pick but yeah i mean it is very difficult to see uh because as as heaver said as well arguably g2's biggest strength is literally their drafting as well so like good luck having g2 Other troll. problem is Three out of the other five problem drops. is Jankos can you can full ban jungle and put Zanzara onto like his worst, most dull shit pick. And Jankos can play Pantheon as well, like he's one of the people that plays Pantheon in the region. Uh, so, and that all oh, the, the scary thing about Pantheon is if you're playing tank tops, uh, Pantheon's like fucking insane. Like, scale the way Pantheon scales now with the new items is fucking nuts. You take like a 240 armor tank down to something like 62 armor when you like fully rend them on Pantheon. Now, this champion is very, very, very good. So there's just so many angles that just feed into you not seeing Misfits doing well in this matchup. I pray for them. I like them as a team. I think they're like a really like cool uppity team. I just don't see the angles for them against you two. I just think it's sad that they didn't get a human jungler when they dropped Zlatan. Like, I think that could have changed the whole dynamic. But they started winning with Zanzara. What, you, no, not, they started getting true. they started actually getting Yumi with Zanzara. Yeah, they no, they, but they also <laughs> they they actually were winning games. Basically, they started the split horrendously, like really yeah. really bad. I think they were last or joint last. Then they started winning with Zlatan. 
And then when they switched to Zanzara, I was like, oh, this is like big ball baller move because basically you're saying, okay, we've won a few games, but we feel like we're still not good enough to be where we want to be or be playoffs or whatever. So they still make the jungle change anyway, in spite of the fact that actually they did start winning with Zlatan. So I'm not sure like how much better they are with Zanzara or if their arc of improvement was actually already going in that direction. I think it's hard to say, but don't get me wrong. I thought Zanzara, uh, uh, Zlatan should have been dropped, but I I didn't like the replacement. I, I thought they I could have done more with that potentially. Don't ask me who on the spot. I highly doubt I can think of anyone, but I'm sure there were some people out there that uh, they could have Tanks. made work. Tinks, yeah, yeah. Probably. Farms all game, scales of thumb, covers lens, yeah, yeah. picks the boxes. It's, it's, yeah, there we go. Tinks a decent shout. Right, let's move on to the final matchup of the week on the Sunday, uh, which is obviously Fnatic versus XL. Um, this is actually probably the series I'm most looking forward to, I have to say. Now, it's this might be wrong, but I think XL have to win to have a chance of making Worlds. I think that's correct because of the how the... Wait, both... Both of them have to win to make worlds because they ha both have well, to try and reach the. Sorry, Neil. Well, yeah, no, sorry. I think uh, so. This could be wrong, but again, <laughs> I'm so bad at reading how this bracket thing works that who fucking knows. I think XL have to win, uh, if they don't under any other circumstances or variations, or whatever. They're just out. I don't think Fnatic have to win if certain things happen in the other games. No, if Fnatic loses, then they don't make it to the R1 higher seed, which is the fourth slot. Uh, okay. Fnatic and XL both whoever wins from this team the other person is not going to Worlds okay 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 then, great then, perfect yeah That's then great. that team that person plays the the lowest the lowest seat from the winner of the upper bracket and that decides the person who's guaranteed fourth right so XL and Fnatic are two BO5s away from guaranteeing the fourth slot Right, okay, got you. Okay. Uh, I mean, it would have been so weird like if like to one of them like to, to make it worse from that bracket like yeah that's yeah, a... so like realistically, whoever wins this for like what we all think here, whoever wins this has to fight misfits for the fourth slot. That's what we think is going to happen. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I mean that that makes more sense. Huh? Yeah, yeah. Right. So in terms of this specific matchup, Xerxy, what are you thinking about Fnatic versus XL? Again, the two weird teams. XL started the split off, looking, in my opinion, like the best team for a little bit. And then sort of fell off a cliff and then like semi-recovered at the end, but weren't necessarily like that convincing. Obviously, Finn's gone from like decent to the worst player in the league. Like it's crazy. Like, how do you how do you see how do you see this one going? I mean, I think you just described it perfectly. I think like I don't know, it's like both teams have like had their like I mean, maybe Fnatic not so much, but Excel had like their really you know, like good moments, but they like really dropped it uh in the second half of the split. Um, but on, on one hand, I do feel like Marcon has been like very, they're very consistent player, and I, I think he's like been a very, I think a top three jungler in, in Europe, honestly. Uh, and I, I like th this guy never fucks up either. I, I think he's like uh, very consistent. And with, with Razork, I, I do feel like, I, I mean, I, I feel like my my opinion is that I feel like he's getting a lot, like he he feels a lot of pressure because he has like really insane laners, right? And I, I can kind of relate to that because that's what I felt in, in Origin as well. I'm, I was playing with like superstar players, right? So I had to, if something went wrong, it would be my fault. So maybe, maybe he feels the same way, you know, if he, if like the team loses games, the like everyone just like sh likes to, to shift the blame on him. And I don't think he's bad, you know, but like I think he's had like his really random invades. Like that, that to me has been like the most consistent thing about him where like he invades with no, no prior. And he will like just randomly die, you know. Like <laughs> you're like, what the fuck is he doing here? Um, he gets invaded as well. Like I, I can't remember which game it was, but um, where he? Uh, oh no, sorry. I know I'm thinking of the game where he got caught. He went to chickens or something like level two, I think, and just died like for free. Like with again, as you say, with like no lane prio or anything, he just dies. Like from your experience as a jungler, like. Is that something that's likely on him, or is that maybe the mid said that you know jungler could be somewhere and it's just like bad communication? Do you think that's like mm. solely his decision, or do you think that's like a team chemistry thing? Man, it's it's hard to say like what the communication really is, but I would say like mostly it's on the jungler to like you know look at the minimap and like see you know whether or not your mid laner has prior, 
I feel like it, it's pretty easy to see to see that, you know. Um, but uh, I do feel like Fnatic in the in the last week, uh, like Upset has been like an absolute monster. Um, I, I don't know if that's gonna be enough for for you know for him to like carry the team. And the thing is, like again, Excel has been very inconsistent. So uh, honestly, I don't even know what to predict here. Like I feel like both both teams can easily win and like lose because I, I i don't know who to give it honestly let, let me quick you uh, quickly ask you this the there's like a, a room or not even a rumor basically loads of people tell me that Fnatic actually this season have been mega in scrims they just can't get their shit together on stage like is that your experience as well that they've been a really good scrim team and even when they were losing on stage they were good in scrims not, i mean no? they haven't been they have like i mean we didn't scream that much or, uh, only in like the the beginning and i don't feel like like they, they weren't that good partners um, I mean, I think we had good results against them, but then, I mean, schemes don't, I mean, schemes matter because obviously, like, you get conclusions and it can build up confidence, but realistically, what matters is, like, how do you perform on the on the game there, you know? So yeah. I wouldn't, like, draw any conclusions, you know? Like, even if a team goes, like, absolutely demolishes every 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 scheme, like, I, w I would still not, like, sure, you know, like, it's good for the confidence boost and, like, some teams might be scared because, like, you know, they're really fucking insane, but... I think what matters is like, do, do, are you gonna show up on the, the day or not? Yeah. All right, Kira, what, what do you think about this matchup? This is a really interesting matchup because XL have much better systems. Mm -hmm. Their systems enable their be their best players, and Markun, he's the I think the second best jungler in the league. He's had an amazing split. If it wasn't for like his entire team, like and his entire top side just throwing game after game after game, I think he could have easily been an MVP candidate along with a lawyer, but most of the games went so backwards that it's like impossible to say. You can't give someone credit for things they could have done, you can only give credit for things that actually happened. Yeah. We have a interesting, similar, a lot of interesting matchups here. Uh, Wonder can actually win this entire series on his own. Uh, he has the ability to just crush Finn to degrees that like the just from laning and top side uh, matchups, and he he has the champion pool for it. That Fnatic can win entirely from uh, top side. Razork likes to go top, but they aren't very good at playing around Wonder. Wonder's own level hasn't all been all that great, but the, there have been games throughout the split where he has shown like dominance. Humanoid. Ha like everyone, like me, obviously, uh, humanoid has become public enemy uh, number one. Cause he's been dying all the time, like before four minutes. But it's no game, up. yeah, but like no game was ever. Well, that's what I'm saying. Like I remember, I counted. It was something like I, when I was vlog reviewing. Like it was something like Nuke Ducks died to more warded ganks and uh, than uh, humanoid has this year. And you, that's what I'm saying. The narrative isn't around that like Nuke Ducks just throw an entire like game. People actually think Nuke Ducks has like a pretty good season. Like overall, he's been quite like consistent things like that. The Fnatic's always a scary team because they never get their shit together. Which we know we've been saying this since spring and summer started. They will. They are. They can be a very very dominant force. They fall a little bit into the trap, similar to Misfits, where the way I see them winning the game is through upset and their bot lane and enabling their bot lane he's been by far their best and most consistent player people like to meme him for being like overly conservative and he is very very a very very conservative player but right now that is that, that level of extreme is actually what Fnatic needs because if Fnatic actually had like a if put it this way if, Fnatic, if Upset was following up some of Humanoid and Wonders engages he would just die because they're that shit they're not see go watch Wonders Gragas game, he th I think it's seven casts he throws at the end of the game, and none of them do anything. Like, three of them just completely miss their targets. So the whole idea of, like, there's, like, these amazing engages going on, the upsets, like, missing out and falling off. There has been times in the split that that has happened, but they've not been happening towards the end. They've, there's not, there's been nothing. Upset and Halley have been taking 3v4s, 2v4s, and, like, trying to outplay them, and, I, and it's been working somehow. So I think... Holistically, you try and play around bot lane. Again, we get into the dice of territory. XL actually have a much better bot lane, even though Hel eh, what's his name was inting it. Eh, Mickey. Eh, uh, Mickey was fucking running it like to extreme levels. Overall, I think the bot lane, particularly laning, Patrick Mickey understand it so much better. They execute Lucianami better. 
and Lush and Nami is a, like they're one of the only botlanes to actually execute it and get the damage that you're supposed to out of the botlane. It isn't actually just this 2v2. People have this in like misconception about the botlane. It's not just some like 2v2 kill lane. It's actually all about using the ult in the midsection to pre uh, pressure out the other ADC so they have to constantly like w go away and they're like losing gold. If you want a really good example of a game that has happened, go watch V5 versus. Uh, TES, where the Lucian Nami almost never kills the enemy team's bot lane, but the game is entirely won just by bringing them to low health all the time with the Culling Mid. Uh, ups upset Halasang don't do play the lane matchups out as well. Uh, Patrick plays out Draven better, Lucian Nami better, and you can split the Sever um, uh, Zeri. Yeah, they can split Zeri, and at the end of the day, I actually think now both teams' levels of team fighting are like somewhat similar. So we're getting into really, really dicey territory. I would say XL's early games are better, so that inclines me towards saying that they will win the game. But X, uh, Fnatic can just show up with Humanoid blasting Nukeduck off the face of the planet mid and Wonder dominating top, and the game just becomes unplayable at that point. If you have your entire top side just losing lanes, Magnum can't do anything. Like, Fnatic are bad, but they understand... They still understand how to move about leads. The games they front run are the games they actually somewhat look um, reliable. It's the fact that like when they're behind in gold, they actually don't have the misfits angle where they can like dig themselves out. Do you guys trust Hilly to be back to Hilly, or do you think no. we're going to see? Really? Okay, interesting. Because obviously people would say, "Oh, he's always had this history of doing like a mini soas of like being up and down, up and down." But when it really matters, you know, he'll pop off. But Obviously, that wasn't particularly the case last split, was it? But what, all those games really mattered, like for them to make playoffs, and he was shitting all of them. Yeah, that's that is true. All right, I want I want a quick prediction on this before we go from both of you. Who who are you taking? And is it your cursed team, uh, Kira? Are you taking XL? <laughs> <laughs> uh, uh, I would see. I think you should. And again, I hate predicting before draft, but I think you should predict on what you have seen and how things work in your head. So. But I will give credence to their weaknesses. I think XL three two. Oh, okay. Five games. What about you, Zerxy? I mean, I feel like it's. I know. I mean, my only argument is that it's Fnatic, and they have like they they like if you look at those players, you like they are they are still like very experienced, strong players. You know, so it'd be kind of. I I I can just like say you know like Fnatic is just uh, it's just worse because I do feel like it, on paper they should be better. Uh, so I think I would just go for a tier two fanatic. Ooh, both five games. Mm, interesting. I am. It's an amazing match, even though it's going yeah. to be quite low quality. I'm gonna get. I'm gonna go for fanatic. Actually, I'm gonna say fanatic three one. I think that uh, I just don't trust. Like so far, even though I don't trust fanatics players, I trust key pieces on XL even less. I think Finn has been bad and has a history yep. of being bad in the playoffs as well. Um, I think that I don't trust Nuke Duck at this point necessarily. He could definitely show up, but I have no reason to believe that he necessarily will. Uh, and Mickey, I I would hope that Mickey would be back to like playing his best rather than being the sort of flippy mess that he kind of was in the second half of the split. I trust Patrick, so yeah. But there's just not enough pieces that that I trust. And obviously, Markoon's going to be do Markoon things. I would imagine. Um, but yeah, I think we'll leave it there, guys. Especially as I've lost track of the spider in my room and it could be anywhere at this point so gotta gotta do what i gotta do grab my spear from the cupboard um but anyway thank you guys for watching and uh see you next time